Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. This episode comes out the week of Easter, and there's a verse we hear every year around this time, and it's another one that I really struggled with after Becca died, and that's 1 Corinthians 15, 55. And in the New Living Translation, it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Well, I can tell you exactly where death's sting is after the death of my daughter, and I feel like you probably could say the same thing. I begged the Holy Spirit to explain this to me, and I know his word is true, but this was just not something that was true in my life, not even close. Now, God did not answer that prayer right away, but one day, when it wasn't even on my mind, he began to speak to me about it. Whenever we are dealing with a bee sting, one of the first things we do is to make sure we get the stinger out. My understanding is that sometimes the stinger remains in the skin and it continues to release its poison until it's pulled out. Now, right now, we still have the stinger of death in us. The pain from the poison of our child's death is still affecting us. And it will continue until we join our child on the other side of eternity. And that's where the sting of death will be pulled from us. And we will no longer be under the effect of that poison and continue feeling the pain of our child's death. Now, as I read that scripture in multiple Bible versions, which I think you know by now I like to do that, I discovered what the Holy Spirit had spoken to my heart about this bee sting is exactly what this verse means. The contemporary English version puts it this way. It says, Our dead and decaying bodies will be changed into bodies that won't die and won't decay. The bodies we have now are weak and can die, but they will be changed into bodies that are eternal, and then the scriptures will come true. Death has lost the battle. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Death, you've lost the battle. You've lost the power to hurt us. It is gone. The stinger has been pulled. Now, this version actually says that, that the stinger has been pulled. I know it doesn't help for the sting you are probably feeling right now, But we can all hang on because there will come a time when this scripture will become true in our lives. But what about right now? Zephaniah 3.17 has been one of my favorite verses for many, many years. It tells us that God is in the midst of us, that he renews us in his love, and that he actually rejoices and dances over us with singing which is an amazing thought to me. I've come to realize that God is not just excited about me when I'm happy or only when I'm excited about him or maybe doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing kind of a thing. 
there are no conditions or limitations to his excitement over me. As a matter of fact, my Bible tells me that he's even closer to me when I'm bruised and broken and have a crushed spirit. And that's in Psalm 34, verse 18. Now, many Christians have been taught that God has a wonderful plan for their lives. And a lot of times we think that means our life is going to be great. It's going to be full of fun and laughter and sunshine and nothing bad is ever going to touch us, right? Because God has this great, wonderful life for us. But that's man's interpretation. Jesus himself warned that we will have hard times, but he promised that he'll be with us to help us through them. He said those who mourn will be comforted, not that we'll never mourn. He said, we will always have the poor with us. He didn't end poverty at that time. These are the kinds of things the Holy Spirit will use the most to draw us closer to himself because we have such a need for him. Now that's not why he allows these things. It's a result of these things when we allow that to happen. It gives us the opportunity to know him more intimately than we even knew was possible. Just like I didn't even know this kind of suffocating darkness existed when Becca died, I didn't know this kind of intimacy with the Lord existed. And he'll bring us to a place of being victorious if we let him. Now, we do have to fight through that. We do have to go through the darkness. We do have to go through the grief. It's part of the process. But God's love for us is the one stable thing that we can count on in life while we live here on this earth. Not only does he love you, but he is right smack dab in the middle of your grief with you. And even in that, he's excited about you. He's excited for you because he knows your future and he knows the good things that he still has for you. He is the foundation we have built our lives on. Most foundations of a building, you can't see them. They're underground, but it doesn't mean the foundation isn't there, right? A building might fall or be destroyed, but the foundation remains and our lives might have fallen apart, but the foundation of Christ is still there. We may not believe it. We may not be able to see it or feel it, but he is still there, firm and steady. God does have a plan for your life. We're all familiar. Most of us are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to give you a future and a hope. Now, one translation says, I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. Your future is full of hope. It can also be filled with wonder and amazement at the goodness and the faithfulness of God through both the incredible blessings and the painful tragedies. Because through both of these, we have the opportunity to see his powerful hand at work in our lives. He is your anchor. He is your rock. He is your firm foundation. He's also a very present help in time of trouble, and he's the giver of hope. Ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see those things in a very real way. And not only can you have hope in your future here on earth, the most truly wonderful part happens when we get to leave this sinful world and move to eternity with Jesus. And just think, 
As a side note, we have someone very dear and close to us who's beat us there. I want to share one more thought with you today. It's something I have known my whole life, but for some reason, I recently had eyes to see the depth of what it means in a way I've never seen it before. And when I had this deep revelation, it stunned me and it left me in tears. Now, I don't think I would have ever seen the magnitude of this if I didn't have a child die. The suffocating pain and darkness that came with her death is what makes this so clear. And I am praying that somehow the Holy Spirit will give you the same deep revelation so that you can realize the depth of this as well and what it means to you personally. So what is this? Let me, let me tell you. In past cultures, we know and we read in the Bible that child sacrifice was done to appease some sort of deity or to even prove their loyalty to a tribe. I cannot even begin to imagine being willing to murder my child or have my child sacrificed or murdered in hopes. It's just a hope to make some God happy enough with me that my life would go okay, that my crops would grow, or that I would, I, I don't know, the, the, the reasons they sacrifice children, or maybe to hope that some other tribe would honor their word not to hurt my people. Child sacrifice goes a step further even than human sacrifice because we know how important our children are to us and how much we love them. They're an extension of our very own being. So sacrificing your own child proved how devout they were by giving up that child to this deity that they were hoping to please. Now, for many years, I have been so thankful that I never lived in those times or in any of those cultures, even before Becca died, because I just, I cannot picture myself or anyone for that matter, being so connected to a higher being that I would murder my child for my own gain. I especially can never imagine doing that after Becca died, knowing how deep that pain is. It makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about it. But the thing is, people have done that for thousands of years. And fortunately, it's not very common in today's world to sacrifice one's own child. But there are still places and situations in countries like Uganda where abducting children for sacrificing is still happening. Now, why am I painting such a dark and bleak picture? I'm supposed to be giving you hope, right? Well, I realized that Jehovah God, our God, does not require us his followers, to sacrifice our children to him. Instead, he did the exact opposite. Instead of asking us to sacrifice our child to prove ourselves to him, he sacrificed his child to prove himself to us. That is crazy. Let that sink in. To prove how deep God's love is for you and for me and how deep his commitment is to us. He sent his son down here on earth to be a sacrifice on our behalf. When I look at it this way, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this. He was willing, God the Father was willing to go through the pain 
of watching his own son die a torturous death, a sacrificed offering for me and for you and for each one of our children. This shows what an amazing God he truly is. Would you ever consider offering your child to be a sacrifice to prove how committed you are to something or someone, to show how deeply you love them, that they're just as important to you as your own child? Mm-mm, nope, me either. But that is what God did for us. There is nothing greater God could have done to prove his love for us than to sacrifice his child for you and for me. He allowed his child to take our place on the altar of sacrifice, to pay the price for our sins, both past sins and future sins. His child took on all of our guilt and shame when God sacrificed his son for us. If that does not prove how much God loves you and your child, I don't know if anything will. Romans 8.32 says, For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all. Even if you don't feel the depth of what this is and what this means, I urge you to tell him Thank you. After all, it's this same sacrifice that also makes a way for us to be with our children again. This week, even if you can't seem to show up at an Easter church service, you can still celebrate in your heart that God made a way for the sting of death to be removed by the resurrection power that not only raised Jesus from the dead, but has given our children life beyond the grave so that we will be united, never to be separated again. And that is love. Today's episode was once again taken from three of the readings in my soon-to-be-released book called Reflections of Hope, Daily Readings for Bereaved Parents. Now, I'm finishing up some final edits, which has taken me quite a bit longer than I had anticipated, which is a good thing, right? It's going to make the book better. Our plan was to release it next week. I cannot believe next week already is here. We were going to release it on Thursday, April 13th, which is Becca's birthday. But I'm sorry to say I don't think we're going to be able to meet that deadline by the time I finish these edits and it gets reformatted and we get it sent in for printing. So that was my goal, but it just crept up so fast and there was a lot of extra editing I wasn't expecting. But if you want to get the final updates, as well as being one of the first ones to know when it is officially available, just go to gpshope.org slash reflections. It talks about the book there, and there's a place you can sign up to get updates on it. I send them out about once a week right now, and you will also get an email to let you know exactly when that book is released. 
This book has been in the works for well over two and a half years, so I am very anxious to get it into your hands so that you can have a daily resource of hope and encouragement like you heard today. Let's go ahead to this week's birthday segment. Jonda Steinkamp was born on April 2nd and is forever four and a half months. Amy Bishard was born on April 5th and is forever 45. Greg London was born on April 8th and is forever 38. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. It will always be a very special day for each of these families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that for you. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays. Fill out the form there, including the pronunciation. If you, your child has a name that could be mispronounced, the first name or the last name, so that I can say it correctly, I really want to do that for you. Just submit that form and we will announce your child's birthday the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email that week to remind you to listen. Now I will have a link to that and a link to the Reflections book in the show notes to make it easier for you to get to. 1 Corinthians 15.54 says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. We wanted God to have mercy and to not allow our children to leave this earth to step in and stop that, right? But the truth is, and I don't say this flippantly, the truth is we have had, you and I as perivers, the opportunity to see God's ultimate mercy. And God's ultimate mercy is removing us from the weight and the results of sin and decay of this world to finally be out of Satan's reach. Our children have already had both the sting of this life and the sting of death removed from them. They are no longer affected by the dark things of this world. When I join my daughter and you join your child, we will be able to look down at Satan and laugh at him because we are going to be able to say, death, where is your sting? I don't have it now and you can't get me with it anymore. It's almost like, nah, 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 you can't get me, right? When I think about it, why should we wait until then? Why not tell the devil that now? I'm going to declare this right now for all of us. Satan, I may feel the sting of death now, but you do not have the final word in my life or my child's life. That stinger has already been pulled from my child, and someday it will be pulled from me as well. And when that happens, I will be dancing in victory with my child and with Jesus, who defeated you for all of eternity when he died. He went to hell, snatched the keys of death from you, and he walked out from the grave to remain alive forever. I may not feel like rejoicing right now, but I will someday. And until then, I choose to thank God for this amazing gift that is mine to receive when my time here is over. Wow, that felt really good to put the devil in his place. I know we all look forward to the day when death has no more sting. But until then, I am honored to be on this journey with you. So hold on. 
there is hope.